Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 223. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Booyah, Fire Nation. And let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Audible. Do you prefer listening to your favorite titles versus reading them? Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Sarah Robinson. Sarah, are you prepared to ignite? You bet. (laughs) All right. Sarah is the president and CEO of Sarah Robinson Co. She is a business coach, strategist, advisor, speaker, and author who helps businesses and nonprofits, small and large, stand apart from the pack. I've given Fire Nation just a little overview, Sarah, but take a minute. Tell us about yourself. We want to get to know you personally, and then tell us about your business. Sure. Um, I think the most important thing that um, your audience needs to know is that the people who are in charge of my company um, are four years old, 10 years old, and 50 years old. <laughs> they run my company. They they shape all the decisions that I make. I have a four-year-old little boy, a 10-year-old little boy, and a 50-year-old husband who is their very favorite playmate. I thought you were going to call him a little boy too, which well, he is, is legit. <laughs> um, and so they run my company. I simply, you know, fit my fit my business decisions to their wishes. Um, and so that's the most important thing you all need to know. Um, and I've been doing what I do for about eight years now. Actually, it's going to be nine very soon. And um, love what I do. Really, really love what I do. I've reached the point in my life. I'm far older than you are, John. And I've reached <laughs> the point in my life where if I don't love it and I think and I don't think it's fun, I just I don't have time to You're do over it. it. I'm over it. Um, so I love what I do. I think what I do is a gas. Um, and I feel very, very lucky in that regard that I, I wake up and love what I do every day. Powerful. We're going to delve super into what you do do every single day, Sarah. But (laughs) before we do, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire off with a success quote to get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. Uh, Well, my favorite motivational quote is um, not from a business book. It is from a book called The Great Santini. And the quote is this, my mother would rather eat bacon than filet mignon. I love that quote. It's on my business card, actually, one of my business cards. Um, so, I, I, and I love it. Well, I love that too because I love both filet mignon and bacon, so I can't go wrong there. <laughs> However, I want you to take it down to the ground level. How does this quote apply to your mentality in life? Um, it's about knowing what you love. It's about knowing what you love and being willing to make the choice. I mean, to be able to say, I'd rather eat bacon than filet mignon, would, that's, you know, I'd rather have this um, very simple and delicious thing than the fanciest thing on the menu. 
So again, take it down to the ground level, Sarah, because I want to know how you've actually done this in your life. I do it every day. Um, I have opportunities put in front of me and have had opportunities put in front of me um, many, many times that are the fanciest thing on the menu. And I've chosen not to do them because I want the yummiest, most delicious thing on the menu, um, which is, you know, is it a good choice for me, for my family, for what makes me happy, for what lights me up? And sometimes that's just the very simplest thing on the menu, not the fanciest. I love that, Sarah. And we're going to use that to transition to our first real topic of the interview, and that's failure. That's despair or obstacles and challenges that as entrepreneurs, we face every single day on certain levels. So, Sarah, take us back to a time in your journey when you failed, when you didn't abide by this quote that you just gave us. and Which time? Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the choices there are numerous. I made a business choice. I was working with a business coach and who's very well known and whose business acumen is very well respected. And she made a recommendation for something um, in my business that she felt would really shift the game in a big way for me. And I knew it was going to be very time consuming and I knew it was going to be very resource consuming, which meant time away from the things that I just told you were important to me. Um, And I did it. I made the choice to do it based on her judgment rather than my own. And I regretted it. I regretted it because I can't get that time back. Um, It upped my business a little, but it was, it never felt like what I described. It never really lit me up. It was never fun. It was just something that I was doing because somebody told me I needed to do it. And between that and what it, what, what it cost me in time away from the things that I love, um, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I'd make a completely different decision. One thing that we talk about so often on Entrepreneur on Fire is fulfilling your authentic self. And so often we're able to do that by following our gut because a lot of times when our gut's telling us something, there's a reason for it. Can you speak to that, Sarah? Can you tell us about being authentic and following your gut? Sure, because my very first uh, training as a coach was with Martha Beck, who wrote Finding Your Own North Star. Um, And I was very blessed. She, her very self, trained me, um, which is almost impossible to to get now. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason I chose to spend as much time with her as I did was because, um, I have, or had, I've gotten rid of a lot of them, but I had, you know, I had the complete self-help library, whatever self-help book you had, you named, I owned, um, because I was trying to figure out how do you do that? How do you find and follow your own authentic self when the world is so loud with noise that drowns it out? And what I learned from her was, you know, how to quiet that noise, how to really, and it takes practice. It's not like you can just say, okay, this afternoon I'm going to listen to my authentic self. (laughs) (laughs) It takes time. It takes practice. It takes what I call excavation um, to really discover 
you know, what's your authentic voice and what's just noise and what's habit and what's tape that you've been playing for years and years and years. Um, and, and once I got to that, truly, that's where I got to the place where if it's, you know, if it doesn't light me up and it's not fun, I'm not doing it. That's, that's what my authentic self tells me every day. So Sarah, there are so many powerful lessons to pull out of everything you just said, and it resonates so well with Fire Nation. But if you had to just pull out in one sentence, one clear lesson from this experience, from this topic that we're kind of perusing right now, what would that be? That it's worth the time and the investment to get at what your authentic voice is saying to discover it and then to listen to it. Because again, it's not a simple process. It takes time and it takes investment and it's worth doing because once you have access to your authentic voice, life just becomes a whole different ballgame. You've mentioned that this is not a switch you can flick. It takes work. It takes time. It takes effort. And that's something that we all need to do individually to dive deep within ourselves. But if you could just start Fire Nation down the road, what would be one tip or one hint that you could give us that could maybe start that ball rolling a little bit? It's a much easier uh, game for me to list all the things I don't like. So start there. List the things that you know for sure you don't like, because then you can eliminate them from, you know, from the noise. Right. Okay. I don't, I don't like this. I don't like that because I just, I, I have always found that if you ask a crowd, what don't you like, it's much easier to get responses out of them than to say what lights you up because then people start screwing up their face and going, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and they don't know. So you eliminate all that you can. And then you've got a much smaller list to deal with when you start trying to figure out what it is you do love. Wonderful. And that's kind of been something I've been seeing a lot of recently are these blogs about minimalistic lifestyles and podcasts about that. And I think that is very positive, really creating that life lacking clutter and lacking mind clutter as well. And emotional clutter is really a great path to go. So thank you for sharing that, Sarah. And we're going to use that to transition to the other end of the spectrum from failure, from challenges. And that's the aha moment, the light bulb, when that literally authentic self does get lit up within you. Share with us a time in your journey when you did have that light bulb go off from within and how'd you turn that into success? That's actually very easy. Um, Like I said, I've been in this business um, doing what I do as a coach and consultant for eight years. And um, almost three years ago, I was emceeing a, an event for my friends Elizabeth Marshall and Janet Goldstein. They have an, a workshop, or they used to have a workshop called Book Breakthrough in New York um, for authors and aspiring authors who are trying to get their arms wrapped around their their message, their idea for their book. And they were like, you need to write a book, Sarah. And I'm like, what would I write about? I, everybody already knows everything I know. I don't know what I'd write about. Um But I decided to sign up for their uh, top-tier mastermind because I'm a writer. I mean, it's what I do. And I needed to find out, do I have a book in me or not? I mean, I need to know because I need to either do it or eliminate it from my list of of things I want to do. Right. And one of the really awesome uh, exercises that I did with them is I walked through my entire resume, my entire life's resume, not just what's on paper on an official resume, but my entire life's resume, everything I had ever done 
ever. And it was through the course of that conversation that Janet said, oh, you've been building communities since before you graduated from college. You've been building communities around messages or brands or causes or whatever. I was like, well, yeah, I guess I have, but everybody knows how to do that. And she looked at me and said, no, they don't. <laughs> Light bulb. No, they don't. And so that started the journey um, to Fierce Loyalty. And it was really when I got the name Fierce Loyalty, I was working um, with my friend Les McEwen. And um, it was, he helped me draw the model out. And we came up with the name Fierce Loyalty. And I knew then, I mean, the resonate, it resonated so hard and so deeply. I was like, this is it. This is what I, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to talk about for the rest of my life. Mm. That is so powerful, Sarah. And just culminating from this great aha moment discussion that we just had, share with us a clear lesson that you learned from this experience. That it takes time. Um, again, and I know people are like, but I want to know now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're such an instant gratification society. And believe me, I wanted to know now. And there were several times when I thought I had it. Right. Like I thought escaping mediocrity was it. And I still am very passionate about escaping mediocrity, which was my, my other, my, my split personality, my other personality. <laughs> um, and I thought that was it. And I, several other times I thought I had it. Um, but I kept pressing and I think that's the difference maker. I kept pressing and I kept, is this it? Is there, you know, and I kept, doing that excavation work that I talked about earlier. Um, is this it? Do I have more? Is there something else I have that I'm compelled to share with the world and that the world needs from me? And I kept working with people who knew more than I did. And I think that's the other thing that's really important is to work with people who, um, who know more than, than we do to get to this place. Um, and to be willing, to be willing to not know for a long time. Right. What it is. And that's almost intolerable for entrepreneurs. It's so hard. We rush to fill that gap all the time. And just like when you were talking about the clutter and all these things that we have so many things going on and so many noises and voices around us because as entrepreneurs, we get so excited by the new bright, shiny object. We want to chase it like the little squirrels and here we're darting back and forth, but we're not willing to deep dive into one focus that's going to potentially fulfill our authentic self. And to be able to tolerate that empty space. The gap. We don't like being in the gap. Not at all. Entrepreneurs are about making things happen. We don't, what do you, we don't know what to do in a gap. <laughs> Great insight, Sarah. Now, here's a little bit of a curveball. Have you ever had an I've made it moment? A um, couple of times, but I want to put a caveat on it because I've made it means I've made it for right this moment. That doesn't mean I've made it and I can cool back on my heels because the minute I do that, I'm dead. So I want to put that caveat on it. I love caveats. (laughs) So that's the caveat is I've made it and what's next? Um, When I published my book, Fierce Loyalty, and it um, it was so much more successful than I ever dreamed it would be. That was an I've made it moment. Yes. And um, in the middle of April, I did a guest segment on MSNBC, and that was an I made it moment for me. 
Those are two incredible I made a moments. And I always ask this question, Sarah, because every entrepreneur looks at this question differently. Some have never had an I've made a moment and claim they never will because that will denote the end of their journey and they don't ever want to be there. While other entrepreneurs say, John, I have an I've made a moment every single day. And I love to talk about the journey as a whole and the milestones mm-hmm. you're hitting along the way. So are you enjoying your journey, Sarah? Oh, I love my journey. I wouldn't be on it if I wasn't loving it. Love that, Sarah. So let's now take a step back and really talk about your current business, things that you have going on right now, because you have a few different things going on. I know you like to keep your life uncluttered and focused, but share with Fire Nation a couple things that are really exciting you about Sarah Robinson Co. right now. Well, it's all around fierce loyalty. As I said, it's the thing I am meant to talk about for the rest of my life. Um, Helping companies, entrepreneurs, organizations figure out how to build these powerful brand communities like Harley Davidson has. Um, That's what I'm meant to do. And so every opportunity on the horizon for me is me getting to do that. And it, it, it lights me up later this month. I'm going to, I'm speaking at the Georgia nonprofit summit. Um, in June, I'm speaking at Lojas in Colorado. I'm just, I'm, I, that fires me up. So when you talk about what, you know, what's on the horizon that really fires me up about Sarah Robinson co it's, you know, I have people want me to write guest posts about fierce, some element of fierce loyalty and that, is thrilling. Other companies are contacting me about, you know, consulting projects. That's thrilling. I have companies that I'm working with. That's thrilling. Um, you know, I have speaking engagements where I get to actually talk about and show people and walk them through how to apply the fierce loyalty model. And that's thrilling. So I'm a very, I'm a very lucky girl, a very lucky girl. That's really exciting stuff, Sarah, and it's really time relevant for me too because, I mean, here I am as an entrepreneur. I am really looking to grow my brand, Entrepreneur on Fire. You know, I have this wonderful listener base who I lovingly refer to as Fire Nation. The podcast is generating over 200,000 unique downloads every single month in over 145 countries, so it's really spreading a movement of inspiration throughout the world because of inspiring entrepreneurs like yourself who are willing to come on and share their journey and and their passion. So it's been really powerful. I'm really looking for ways to cultivate that and to take this great Fire Nation listenership that I have and kind of turn it into this fierce, loyal community that can be incredibly powerful that Seth Godin alludes to in many of his books Mm -hmm. and that obviously fierce loyalty is going to speak to. So can you just take a couple minutes and talk to us about the book Fierce Loyalty and how, you know, somebody like myself or people that are building brands like Entrepreneur on Fire would apply those principles to their business? Sure. Um, Well, the book is very short and I wrote it that way on purpose. It's... um, it walks through each element of the fierce loyalty model. Um, I talk a little bit about the element. I give a case study of a company or an organization that is using that element very, very well. And then I give action steps for how to apply that element right where the reader is. So that, in a nutshell, is the book. What I talk about in the model, um, it's actually a very, very simple model. It's about, you know, what's the common interest that holds your community together? 
I talk about, you know, why do you want a community? That's actually the first question that I ask every client that I work with. Why do you want a community? Because um, knowing that answer is super important. You'd be surprised how many times I hear, well, because that's the marketing thing to do right now is <laughs> to have a brand community. I'm like, well, that won't work because your community members will know that. <laughs> well, my answer to that, Sarah, I guess would be because I'm truly looking to inspire millions through the podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire, and that's why I want a community. Yeah, which is good because that means you're, you're focused on the community, which is, you know, that's the thing. And finding, and will help you then with the next piece, which is finding the common interest. You know, what's the common interest that, that binds your community together? Sometimes that common interest is the actual product itself, like your podcast, or it could be something else, a much bigger thing, and your podcast is a part of that. Um, for example, there's an organic dog food company that originally thought the common interest was how fabulous their organic dog food was, but it, it wasn't working trying to build a community around that. What they realized was the common interest that it, for their community was holistic pet care. Mm. And the dog food was simply an element of that. So they expanded their view of what their community wanted and needed. Right. So there's that. That's the first piece. Well, that's powerful. And how I would say like with Entrepreneur Fire is the podcast is just a part of it. Right. It's more of the people that are starting their entrepreneurial journey are, are lonely, they're scared, and they need encouragement and to be held accountable. That's more of the community. Ah, which... which segues nicely into the next pieces oh, of, we the, that. of the model. You did plan <laughs> that, you smart boy. Um, th because the next thing you want to do, once you have an idea of what that common interest is, you go out and you find the conversations that are already happening around that topic. Social media makes that super easy. Online searches make that super easy. You know, where are these conversations happening? Who's already having, you know, those discussions? And you don't, you know, dive bomb these conversations that are already happening. This is not an opportunity to hijack and start talking about how fabulous your product or offering is. Right. Um, it's a chance to listen and get to know the people who are having these conversations because you're listening for three very specific things. Because the important thing, and this is very difficult for some people to understand, is just because you have found people who share this common interest that you've talked about, that doesn't necessarily make them ex excellent candidates for your community. What makes what you're listening for to you're basically listening for people to sort of raise their hands as great candidates for your community, and you're listening for three primary needs: the need for belonging. They want to belong to something greater than themselves. The need for recognition. I don't mean prizes. I mean the need for to be recognized, to be seen and heard. And the need for safety. They want to know they're in a group of like-minded people. When you've identified people with those three needs, you've got candidates, for great candidates for your community. Wow. Those are three incredibly beautiful things to really recognize as you're trying to build your brand, build your community. It's something that I definitely wrote down and I know that Fire Nation is going to latch on to and it will be in the show notes as well. But again, it's just so obvious as to as we progress in this online world where we can just literally be up in our condo, which is where I am right now in here in Portland, Maine, just by myself in front of a computer, but still that need for belonging, that need for mm -hmm. recognition. Those are just three 
really powerful words. I'm really glad you brought it up. And it's really why a book like Fierce Loyalty can be so powerful to so many entrepreneurs as they start their journey and recognize their mission and vision. So thank you for sharing that, Sarah. You are you are very welcome. Um, one quick thing, I got to dig into the happiness research when I was writing because I wanted to see if there was a connection between happiness and loyalty. Yeah. And lo and behold, there was. There are two things that influence our feeling of happiness. Two things beyond the pursuit of pleasure, beyond money. And those two things are meaningful connection and meaningful engagement. The end. <laughs> if we feel those two things, we are happy. If we have those two things. And a community is where we get those things. And if you, if you John, provide yes. those things for Fire Nation you become a source of that happiness, they'll never leave. You've gotten my fire burning in so many different directions, Sarah, and I could just continue to talk mm -hmm. away about this because it's such a topic that I'm passionate about. It's truly why I created Entrepreneur on Fire, the podcast, was to inspire millions and to allow them to feel like they were part of something so they could take their entrepreneurial leap with encouragement, with accountability, with everything else. So thank you for sharing that. Now we're going to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Audible. Fire Nation, do you love Entrepreneur on Fire? Then I'm positive you're going to love this great online service from Audible. Audible.com is a leading provider of quality audio entertainment. Are you looking for your favorite business titles in audiobook form? Audible.com has a library of over 100,000 audiobooks available for download right now. You can even find your favorite books from genres like fiction, history, self-development, and more. I personally have been using audible.com for years, and I love how easy it is to log in, browse the online library, and download titles whenever I want. Plus, because I can access my audiobooks for my PC, burning them onto a CD, or uploading them to my iPod or any MP3 device, I can listen to them anywhere, anytime that I want. Audible and Entrepreneur on Fire would like to thank you for listening to today's episode by offering you this. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Now we've reached my favorite part of the show, the lightning rounds. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, Sarah, and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? <laughs> No pressure, John. <laughs> pressure free, Sarah. <laughs> no pressure. Just amazing. Just be amazing. Okay. And mind-blowing. Don't forget about mind-blowing. Mind blowing. <laughs> I have to be amazing and mind-blowing on the spot. I will do my level best. <laughs> oh, Sarah, what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Gosh, nothing really because that, I mean, I've always had that mindset. Even when I was working for other people that, that I am in charge. I can make this happen. Mindset is why I was successful, um, in that world. And so the transition to becoming an entrepreneur was really driven by the fact that I wanted to be, um, a ba I wanted to, I wanted to call the shots. I wanted to control my schedule. I wanted to be home and available when my kids come home from school. So I really didn't have anything holding me back. Love it. What is the best advice you've ever received? 
Oh, that's hard because I've gotten a lot of real, I'm very lucky. I've gotten a ton of great advice, but I think the biggest and best piece of advice is um, get it done and get it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. Whatever it is, be, you know, create it. Just go ahead and prototype it. Whatever it is, it does not have to be perfect. Prototype it, get it out there. And then once you have it out there, you'll get feedback and be able to adjust. Now, I can totally echo that sentiment on every level. I've had so many people reach out to me and say, John, I'm inspired by Entrepreneur on Fire to start my own podcast and my own niche and my own industry, but I have no broadcasting skills. I know I'm not good behind a microphone. And I just respond and say, hey, go back to episodes one through 50. They were horrible. I was struggling. <laughs> I mean, come on. I was an, I was an army, army officer for eight years. I mean, I wasn't any kind of broadcaster. I had no communication experience on this level. And it's just one of those things, you get it out there, you start that ball rolling, you get feedback, you have a thick skin, and you're going to improve over time. And now, Sarah, you're number 223. I definitely have improved along the way, and I get emails from Fire Nation that have enjoyed watching my progression as part yeah. of that intimate connection that you built. And it, you've, you've got to be willing to be bad at something. Oh, yeah, I was bad. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to be really bad at this until I can figure it out. And I've got to be willing to be bad at it. Because just thinking about it in my head, I will never get better. So true. So Sarah, what's something that's working for you right now? I use a pen and paper every day to make my list of things to do. Boom. Ink and paper. That works for me. Um, doesn't work for everybody, and I understand that. But for me... Because I'm a writer, the process, even when I, when I was wrote my book, I wrote it longhand. Wow. Um, and there is a, there is a measured connection scientifically between the activity of ink to paper. Something happens in our head and it certainly happens for me. I make handwritten lists. I write longhand and I mean, and, and I get so much more done. The days that I don't do that, just, it doesn't work for me. I can't do it. And I've tried electronic just doesn't have the same, doesn't have the same pop. You see now, Sarah, that's something I'd like to chat about real quick because I mean, listen, I'm 33 years old. So for your generation, you're a baby. I am a baby, but still at the same time for your generation, you grew up with ink and paper. I grew up with ink and paper. Same thing. Even the generation below me did the same. But what about that generation that's being born right now? My two-year-old niece who probably doesn't technically have to write at any point for the rest of her life because everything is going to be on an iPad, on a phone, on a computer. Do you think they're still going to have that connection with the ink and paper? I think it's going to be important that we foster that. Um, I, I have a four-year-old who can use my iPhone better than I can. Right. Um, yeah, my five-year-old was, when he, my 10-year-old when he was five was, you know, downloading apps. I'm like, how do you even know how, how, do, you even know how to do that? Um, but I think it's going to be really important. One of my... Um, one of my favorite books, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I think Julia, it's one of Julia Cameron's books. She talks about the magic that happens when, if you want to be creative, if you want to write, um, fostering that ability to put pen to paper. It's, I guess it's the different, I mean, I, I, I would never say a digital artist isn't an artist. They're absolutely an artist. But if you want to create a painting, you create a paint, you make it with paint. The artist's way, it's called the artist's way. 
if people are having creative creativity, like I don't know what I'm doing, creativity blocks. That's the book. I mean, it's it's an amazing book. Um, and she talks about longhand. I know people think I'm. Some people think I'm. It's blasphemy, but <laughs> there's just a there's for me. There's just a power in longhand. So, Sarah, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, right now I'm very in love with LinkedIn. I know I'm late to the party, but I'm very in love with LinkedIn. <laughs> well, you're not as, as late to the party as you think because it's really been as of the last six months where they've taken it to the next level. So yeah. you're on the second wave of LinkedIn for sure. Yeah. Um, I love it. I'm spending more and more time there. Um, Talk I'm about more, communities. That's a powerful place to build communities. It really is a powerful place for communities. It's also a powerful place to really figure out who do you know, who do you want to know um, in the business world. That's where everybody is. Yeah. Now, my I'm a Twitter junkie. Anybody who see, follows me on Twitter knows that. I'm, I, I, I never turn TweetDeck off. <laughs> um, but from a business standpoint, LinkedIn is my... It's my Jones right now. Love it. So Fire Nation, you can find links to this resource and everything else we've mentioned in today's episode by going to entrepreneuronfire.com slash Sarah Robinson. So Sarah, if you could recommend a book for Fire Nation, what would it be? Predictable Success. Um, it is a book about, it is the book for entrepreneurs to me because again, it maps out the journey of a business, whether it be a solopreneur business or a massive Fortune 100 business company. Um, it walks you through the stages of growth, helps you figure out where you are in those stages of growth and how to get to that place we all want to be, which is predictable success. Pivotal book for me. Pivotal book for me. Love it, Sarah. And Fire Nation also knows that they can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com. It's a gift from Audible for Entrepreneur on Fire listeners. Oh, cool. Then absolutely get it. <laughs> so, Sarah, this next question is my favorite. It's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, and come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would take my laptop to the local coffee shop and begin making relationships there because I find that local coffee shops, many, many, many a business has started with a community built at a local coffee shop. So I would start there um, and start building my in real life community that way. I would get on LinkedIn <laughs> and find people yeah. and all the other and all the other social media outlets that I could find and find people who are having conversations like the kinds of conversations I want to have. I would observe those conversations for a while because it takes a while to sort of sort out how how those how those groups work and who's who in them and who, you know, which, com which, which places feel the most authentic for me. And I would start making connections and conversations there around the topics that I um, want to discuss. 
And I would also, so I'd be working two plugs, right? Uh, one is my person building my own personal community because I think we can't really function very well if we don't have our own personal community of support. Right. So I'd be building that um, while I'm building um, my business community, which is, you know, who who's talking about topics related to fierce loyalty around community development, who, who's having those conversations, what of those conversations do I need to be participating in, um, and making connections and contacts in that arena as well. So that's what I do. So I have been to Birmingham, Alabama. You have? One time in my life. Yes, I have. <laughs> Believe it or not. It was for wow. a very specific reason. So I did not get to peruse the coffee shop. So how are the coffee shops in Birmingham these days? They are they are great. Yeah. They are, there are some really like there's some really great ones. There's one around the corner that I would go to and I would also go downtown. There's one downtown where, you know, I can't sit there for thirty minutes without seeing five people I know. Nice. So yeah. That's that I, I, I just, and wherever I am, whatever yeah. city I'm in, um, when I go visit my friend Elizabeth Marshall in Dallas, we go to the local coffee shop and, you know, she's got a whole community there and I love hanging out with those folks. So that's what I do when I travel. And it's bringing it all back to the community, to feeling mm-hmm. engaged in a part of something bigger mm-hmm. than just yourself. Right. So Sarah, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise in your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Aw, thank you. This was fun. Fire Nation. My first book, Podcast Launch, is now live at Amazon. In this book, I share all and have created a step-by-step process for launching your podcast. The Fire Bonus is 15 video tutorials that I included with the purchase. You join me as I walk us step-by-step through each process visually, and by the end, you will be a podcasting pro. Pick up your copy at podcastlaunch.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.